such an honor to be able to support your work with our tithes and offerings. As we present these to you, we do so in faith. And we thank you that all the needs of the people and the church are met, not only met, but abundantly so. In Jesus' name, bless the people as they give. Amen. All right. Let's get into the Word of God. Uh, open your Bibles, if you have them with you today, to Daniel, the 7th chapter. Daniel, the 7th chapter. And uh, I'm going to be preaching from the book of Daniel. Now... If you attend here regularly, you will know that I am a, primarily a teacher. And we go line upon line, precept upon precept. We're always turning to lots of scriptures. And how many of you know that's a good thing? That's, that's, that's just a good thing. And we do that week in, week out. Been doing that for 25 years. And But every once in a while, every once in a while, uh, we'll do a little preaching. And remember, teaching is informational. And preaching is inspirational. Teaching is informational. Preaching is inspirational. And you know what? You need them both. You need them both. Now, again, when you teach, you just, you know, we're going through line upon line, looking up lots of scriptures, which I do 98% of the time. But today we're going to just preach a little bit. So we take a text and then we go with that. So we'll trust that the Spirit of God will help me to say what it is that he wants me to say that will bless you. What do you say about that? So here in, uh, in Daniel, the 7th chapter, and the 21st verse, Daniel says, I was watching, and the same horn was making war against the saints and prevailing against them. Notice a horn was making war against the saints and prevailing against them. Until the Ancient of Days came, and a judgment was made in favor of the saints of the Most High. I can say amen to that. Now, of course, the saints, you need to realize that the saints are the people of God. Not only in the New Testament, but in the Old Testament as well. And don't ever forget this. You don't have to, you know, perform miracles and be dead, you know, a hundred years before you can be recognized as a saint. You need to realize that. You become a saint of God the moment, the instant that you repent of your sins and place your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. In that instant of time, you become a saint of God. You need to realize that. You must understand that. Paul writes again and again in his letters to the churches, and he, he, he calls all the members of the churches, he calls them saints. Now, they're not saints because they go to church regular. They're saints because they've received Jesus Christ as their Lord and their Savior. That's how you become a saint, you see. And so notice here that the uh, horn was making war against the saints, against the people of God. Now, uh, the horn here in this setting is the Antichrist. Now, he hasn't arisen yet, but he's going to at some future time. He's a human being empowered by the devil and the context here of what we're reading here is at the battle of Armageddon which is yet to take place that's coming on down the road but but you see because uh, Daniel's seeing into the future and uh, uh, the Antichrist is making war against the saints and prevailing and prevailing of course the Antichrist is empowered by the devil and the devil will make war against us at every chance that he can 
And, and sometimes he prevails for a while. He'll prevail for a while until, everybody say until, until something happens, until the Ancient of Days. Now, does anybody know who the Ancient of Days is? That, that would be God. God the Father, God the Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, and God the precious Holy Spirit. Until the Ancient of Days, until God comes and makes a judgment. And when God shows up, He's going to make a judgment in favor of the saints of the Most High. Glory to God. That excites me. And of course, if you read on, you'll see, uh, you would see here in Daniel that the Antichrist is thrown into hell, the devil into the bottomless pit, and the saints are given the kingdom of God. So, what I'm trying to get across to you today is that the devil will come and he'll endeavor to make war against us, to do things to hurt us, and so on and so forth, and he may prevail for a while. Until the Ancient of Days, until God comes and makes a judgment and He'll always judge in favor of His saints, in favor of you and me. Now this happened again and again throughout the entirety of the Bible, not just here in the book of Daniel. But we see this again and again throughout the entirety of the Bible. The devil wars against the saints, prevails for a while, for a time, and then the Ancient of Days comes and makes a judgment in favor of the saints as we've said. Now, of course, right here in the book of Daniel, if we wanted to, we could look it up. But I'll just, I'm just, remember, I'm just preaching to you a little bit here today. But remember Daniel in the lion's den. How many of you remember Daniel in the lion's den? And, of course, an edict was made that the saints could not pray. An edict was made that the saints could not pray. But you know what? Daniel prayed anyway. You know, the Bible says we ought to obey God rather than man. Now, we ought to be law-abiding citizens. We, we should be and follow, follow the laws of the land and so on and so forth. The Bible tells us to do that. But if the laws of the land, if there's a, a law that a man passes, a woman passes, Congress or whoever it may be passes, that violates the Word of God, we need to obey God rather than man. Can you say amen to that? But anyway, Daniel prayed to God anyway. He went right ahead and prayed anyway. And the devil made war against Daniel, who is a saint of God, and prevailed, prevailed against him in that he had him thrown into a den of fierce and hungry lions. But, real loud say but, but when Daniel was in there, guess what? The Ancient of Days sent his angel and made a judgment in favor of Daniel and shut the lion's mouth so they couldn't hurt him. Isn't that wonderful? That just excites me. Glory to God. And then, of course, also in the book of Daniel, we have the three Hebrew children. Remember Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? How many of you remember them? And uh, there was an edict passed by uh, King Nebuchadnezzar that everyone must worship his image when the music plays. But Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they wouldn't, they wouldn't bow. They wouldn't bow when the music played. So Nebuchadnezzar had them called again and said, we're going to give you another chance. We're going to play the music when the music plays. You need to bow down and worship my image. But remember, we ought to obey God rather than man. And so uh, they refused to do it. And uh, uh, the king says, you know, well, if you don't bow, we're going to have you thrown into that fiery furnace. 
But uh, Shadrach, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, it's easy for me to say. You try saying it. But um, they said, we're not going to bow. And the king says, well, then you're going to burn. And they said, well, we're not going to bow. But the king says, well, you're going to burn. And, and, and they said this to the king. If you want to know how to be fireproof from the devil's attack, listen to this. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego said, they said this. They said, our God is well able to deliver us. But even if he doesn't, we're still not going to bow. Now you see, a lot of people will say our God's well able to deliver us, but that doesn't make you fireproof just saying that. What makes you fireproof is when you say this, even if he doesn't deliver us, we're still not going to bow. Even if he doesn't deliver us, now we know he can, but even if he doesn't, we're still going to serve him anyway. That's what makes you fireproof. And so the king had the furnace stoked up seven times hotter than before, than it's ever been. And he had Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego taken down there. And they were thrust and thrown into the fiery furnace. The Bible says that that furnace was so hot that the, the people that took them down there, they got consumed with the fire just getting close to the furnace, throwing them in. And so in they go, and they're bound, you know, you know, tied up and bound, thrown into that fiery furnace, fire raging hot, seven times hotter than it had ever been before. And they're in there, and they're, the fire's all around, and the devil's making war against the saints of God, against Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And how many of you know the devil's prevailing, but he'll only prevail for a while. They were only in there for a while, you know, until... Until, we're allowed to say until, until the Ancient of Days shows up and he's right there in the midst of the fire and, 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 and King Nebuchadnezzar, you know, he goes down there to look in and he says, I, I thought we threw three in here. I see Shadrach, I see Meshach, I see Abednego, but I, 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 see a, I see somebody else in there looks like the Son of God. Glory to God. Well, it was the Son of God. Second member of the Trinity showed up and made a judgment in favor of the saints of God. And the Bible says they were not consumed, they were not burned. And when they came out, the Bible said when they came out of the furnace, they didn't even smell a smoke. Can you say amen? Glory to God. That excites me. God came and he made a judgment in favor of his saints. You need to realize that God loves you. He cares about you. He really, really, really does. And, and the devil may get a little foothold against you here and there. He may, may, may prevail against you for a little while, but God will show up and uh, he'll make that judgment in favor of you. Glory to God. And we could go on and on, so let's do. Let's go on and on for here just a little bit. Moses at the Red Sea. Did you ever think about Moses at the Red Sea? You know, as Moses led the people of God out of Egyptian bondage, Pharaoh's army, who's a type of the devil, they pursued Moses and the people of God. And Pharaoh's army waged war against God's saints and looked like they would prevail. With this fierce army on one side and the Red Sea on the other, Moses raised his staff. Glory to God. He raised his staff. And when he raised his staff, the Ancient of Days came and made a judgment in favor of the saints. Pharaoh's army was held back by the fire of God. And that fire of God held them back there for basically all night long, as I read the Bible, held them back. 
And then something else happened. God parted the Red Sea so that his people, his saints, could pass through safely. Glory to God. See, have you ever felt like you're between a rock and a hard place? And the devil has you between a rock and a hard place, and there's no way to turn. You've got, you've got a red sea of problems on one side, and you've got the devil pursuing with an army on the other. Glory to God. And it looks like, you, you know, you're going to go under, you're going to be destroyed. What's going to happen? Well, I'll tell you what's going to happen. Hold on. Stay in faith. Continue to believe God. And in the midst of that difficult, impossible situation, the Ancient of Days will show up, make a judgment in your favor. And that's exactly what happened here when Moses raised that staff. He raised that staff in faith. Glory to God. And when he did that fire, God came down and held Pharaoh's army at bay. And that sea just came to attention. And it, it actually it froze up on, on either side. And, and all night long, the people of God, they passed through that Red Sea, praise God forevermore. And then as they got across, the fire of God lifted, and here comes Pharaoh and his army, and they're going out into the midst of that sea, and all of, all of a sudden, God turns the air conditioning off, and that sea comes down there and just consumes all of Pharaoh and his army. Can you say amen? Glory to God. I'm so glad I serve a God that will show up and make a judgment in my my favor. How about you? Praise God forevermore. That excites me. And then, here's another one. Have you ever heard of Elisha? Anybody ever heard of Elisha? He's a prophet of God. You know, he was the servant of Elijah. And uh, there was a time that, uh, you know, the king of Syria was making war and prevailing against God's saints, Israel, you know. And uh, the prophet Elisha and his assistant were surrounded. They were surrounded. And Elisha's servant said to Elisha, Alas, what shall we do? Have you ever been at that place in your life? Where he said, Oh my gosh, alas, what shall we do? And Elisha said to his servant, He said, Do not fear, for those who are with us are more than those that be with the enemy. We need to remember that. We need to remember that. How many of you know there's angels? Holy angels. And I believe each one of us get assigned at least one angel when we're born and probably more. But you know there's many, 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 many angels. You know if you go back and look at it, when, when the angels, when Satan and the angels, well actually it was Lucifer and he became Satan, when he rebelled against God, he, he only, only was able to get a third of the angels. So there's two-thirds of the angels that didn't fall. So, so there's more good guys than there are bad guys. Is that right? And the Bible says there's a, they're innumerable. We, only God could number them. So there's so many angels, you couldn't even, human being couldn't even number them. So how many of you know there's more, there's more with us than there are with the enemy? Is that right? And we need to remember that. There's more that be with us than be with the enemy. And that's what, uh, that's what uh, Elisha said to his servant when the servant was fearful. Because you see, all, all the servant was doing was looking at the natural. He was looking at the natural realm. 
And certainly, if all you do is look at the natural realm, there's oft times reason for concern. There's oft times reason to be to be afraid. If if all you do is look at the natural and look at the circumstance and look at look at the, the surroundings, you know, of your natural circumstances. But you know, the Bible tells us not to look at the things which are seen, but look at the things which are not seen. Because the things that are seen are temporal, but the things that are not seen are eternal. Glory to God. Can you say amen to that? Praise God. So you know, we need to. Uh, uh, you know, we, we don't need to ignore the circumstances, but we need to get into the Word of God and deal with the circumstances in faith and realize that no matter what it is that's facing us, there's more that be with us than that be with the enemy. More good angels than there are bad. Amen. Praise God forevermore. And so Elisha says, don't fear to his young servant, for those who are with us are more than those that are with them. Then the ancient, listen to this, then the ancient of days came and made a judgment in favor of his saints. And God surrounded the Syrian army with horses and chariots of fire. Actually, what happened was, is the prophet, he, he prayed and he said, Lord, open the, open the young man's eyes. And when he did that, uh, the, the, the servant's eyes were opened and he was able to see into the spirit realm. And all around in the hills and all around there, was, there were horses and chariots of fire, I believe being rode by angels, glory to God. And, and horses and chariots of fire all around, praise God. And then what happened was, is that enemy army, they were struck with blindness. Praise God forevermore. And Elisha takes that army and, and that are all blinded, you know. They're powerless now. And uh, he, he, he takes them on into the king, you know, and presents that, that evil army to the king. And uh, you know what they did? They fed that army. They fed them, and they sent them back to where they came from. And the Bible says that, that they bothered the people of God no more. Well, I wouldn't bother the people of God anymore either, would you? If I got struck with blindness, you know, I wouldn't bother the, 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 the people of God anymore. Well, see, that's what God will do when you're, in a, when you're in a tight spot. Just continue to believe Him. Continue to stand on His Word. Try your best not to look at that which is seen, but look at the unseen. Faith is the, the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things what? Not seen. And keep your eyes on God. Keep your eyes on His Word. And I'm telling you, He will come, and He'll make a judgment in favor of you. Praise God. He'll show up with the chariots of fire and so on and so forth, and He'll blind the enemy. Praise God. And you'll have great victory. Hallelujah. Glory to God. That's the kind of God we serve. We serve a God of power and a God that's victorious and a God that's for us and a God that loves us. Glory to God forevermore. Praise God. I tell you what, I'm glad. I, I've been running with God since I've been a little boy. I haven't found anybody better to run with. I think I'm going to just keep running with Him. Praise God. What do you think? Glory to God. He's something else. He's something else. He, and He's very real. He's very good. Very good. He's gooder than we realize. Now, that's not good English, but it's good theology. I was a math teacher years ago. I wasn't an English teacher, so. And then, of course, we could go on and talk about the lepers at the gate. How many remembers the four lepers at the gate? Remember the four lepers at the gate. And the enemy army had cut off the city of the people of God, and there was famine warring in the land and prevailing against the saints of God and starvation all around. 
And the four lepers sat at the gate and said this. They said while they sat there at the gate, their bellies hungry. They hadn't eaten for a long time, famine raging in the land. The enemy army had surrounded the city of the people of God, cut the, cut the food supply off, famine. They, they couldn't, they couldn't, not necessarily famine, but it, they were cut off from food. How many of you'd like it if you were cut off from going to the grocery store for a couple of few weeks? That wouldn't be too good, would it? So they're cut off. The enemy army had cut off the city where the saints of God were at. And the enemy was warring and prevailing against the saints of God. And everybody was hungry and nobody had eaten. And the four lepers sat at the gate and they said this, If we just stay here, we will starve. If we go back into the city, we will starve. But if we go out into the enemy camp, there's a slim chance we could survive. That's pretty good logic, don't you think? I think it is. And the Bible says that as they went, as they went, the Ancient of Days, God came and made a judgment in favor of the lepers... And not only in favor of the lepers, but in favor of the city where the other saints were starving. And the Bible says, as the lepers went, if you study and do a little time study on this, just as the lepers made that decision to move and move out, into the en- move out towards the enemy, just as they made that decision, the Bible says at twilight, just as they moved at twilight, just as they moved... The Bible says God caused a loud noise to be heard in the enemy camp. And the enemy fled, and the lepers and all of God's saints were delivered and had all that they wanted to eat. Glory to God. Now what do I take away from this? Well, maybe you're at a gate of starvation, so to speak. Maybe you're being starved in a certain area. Maybe it's not with food. I I don't think anybody in here is being starved with food. If you are, let us know. We'll buy you some. But there's other ways the devil can try to starve you out and hurt you. You understand that? And not only you, but a lot of times the devil, you know the devil is a creep. I do not like him. I have no use for him. If he sees he can't get at you, he'll come at your family. He'll come at your loved ones. But nonetheless, what I take from this story is if you're at a place in your life like these lepers were, If we just stay here, we're going to die. If we go back from where we came from, we're going to die. So we're not going back from where we came from. And we're not going to just sit here and do nothing. But we're going to take a step of faith and we're going to move out. Even if it's moving out toward the enemy, we're going to go ahead and make that move. Sometimes you just got to make a move in the right direction in faith, you see. And they made that move. And when they did, just as they made that move, as they made that move out toward the enemy, you know, sometimes you have to run towards the roar. Is that right? Like David, you know, with that giant. He he, he didn't withdraw from Goliath. What did he do? He ran towards that roar, but he ran in faith. He ran with the name of Jesus. Can you say amen? Amen. And these lepers, they made a decision. We're not going back from where we once were, from whence we came. 
We're not going to just stay here and die. We're going to take a step of faith and we're going to move out. We're going to move out towards the enemy. We're going to face the enemy. We're going to go out into that enemy camp. And just as they made that step of faith, the Ancient of Days showed up, made a judgment in their favor, caused a loud noise to explode in the enemy's camp. The enemy fled. And when the lepers got out there, they had all the food. Glory to God. And then they went in and told the king and they came out. They all had food. Can you say amen? Glory to God. That's exciting, isn't it? You know why that's exciting? Because God is no respecter of persons. If he did this for them, he'll do it for you and me. Glory to God forevermore. Excites me. And then there's King Jehoshaphat. How many is glad they're not named Jehoshaphat besides me? We could call him... Jehas for short. Or we could call him Hap. Or we could call him, let's don't call him fat. What do you say? Remember that commercial? You call me Ray, you can call me Jay. How many remembers that commercial? Oh, I can't help you people. Some of you remember that. How many remembers that? You can call me Ray, you can call me Jay, you can call me. Yeah, there you go. Well, just don't call me too late to eat. <laughs> Amen. That's what I always said. They don't like make commercials like they used to anymore. I, you know the commercial I like the best right now, though? It's all right. if we. You know, when you come here, you don't know what you're going to get. But the commercial I like the best right now is uh, I'm watching, I'm just watching whatever I was watching, and all of a sudden there's these four, these four legs running, you know, you know, and then one of them falls, and the music's going. You know, and, and they pick the they pick the they they pick the they pick the person that fell up, and all of a sudden they come in. It's nighttime, the moon's out. They come into this opening, you know, and the one there's four of them, four probably twenty year old kids, you know, and the one says, "We can hide in the attic," and the other one says, oh, "We can hide in the basement." No, no, no. And then I like what the girl says, why don't we just get in the running car? Oh, that's a stupid move, you know how many you remember that? <laughs> so then the other one says, let's go hide behind the chainsaws. <laughs> so they went and hid behind the chainsaws. You don't want to go hide behind the chainsaws. Can anybody say amen to that? So they're behind the chainsaws, and just as they get back behind the chainsaws, you know, there's a guy back there with the mask, you know. He takes his mask off. He just shakes his head. And it's a Geico commercial, I think, you know. And, you know, it says, you know, you know when you're under pressure, you may, may not make the best decisions, you know. But, but make a good decision by Geico. That was the essence of the commercial, you know. And then the next thing you know, they're running, you hear the chains are, and they're running away. And the, somebody, one of the kids says, let's go, let's, hide, let's go to the cemetery. Well, you don't want to go to the cemetery. You know. It's all right if we take a little diversion, isn't it, now and then when we're preaching? How did I get off on that? I don't know. Well, don't hide behind the chainsaws. But I'm here today to tell you, even if you make an unwise decision and you hide behind the chainsaws, I'm, I'm telling you what, the ancient of days will show up. Glory to God. I said he'll show up and he'll help you. He'll make a judgment in your favor. Praise God forevermore. Glory to God. See, I knew that would fit in there just, just real well. Praise God. So King Jehoshaphat, a massive enemy army had gathered to make war and prevail and was prevailing listen to this a massive enemy army had gathered to make war and prevail against king jehoshaphat and the saints of god 
And Jehoshaphat and the saints set themselves to seek the Lord. That's what you want to do. When there's a massive enemy army coming against you, when the devil's coming against you, make a decision. Set yourself. You have to set yourself. Set yourself to seek the Lord. They proclaimed a fast. And the saints gathered together to ask help from the Lord. That's what you want to do when the devil's attacking you and prevailing against you. Set yourself. Set some time aside. And seek the Lord. Maybe, maybe go on a fast or something, you know. Pray. And it's a good thing to ask help from the Lord. And so they did that as this massive army was marching toward the people of God. Then the Bible says, The Spirit of the Lord came upon Jehaziel and said, Here's what the Spirit of God said, Listen, all you Judah and you inhabitants of Jerusalem and you King Jehoshaphat, Thus says the Lord to you, Do not be afraid or dismayed because of this great multitude, for the battle is not yours, but it's God's. Now I'm going to grab a hold of that. How about you? The battle is not yours, but it's God's. The battle is not yours, but it's God's. I learned a long time ago, I put my boxing gloves away a long time ago. Because I, I learned this, I learned this. If I'm going to put my boxing gloves on and try to fight my own battles, I learned this. God just kind of stays back in the corner and just lets me fight and I get all beat up. You know, what did he say? He said, when you're smote on one cheek, what do you do? Turn the other also, and somebody said, well, Pastor Terry, are we supposed to be a punching bag for the world? No, 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 listen to this. As long as you got your boxing gloves on, you're going to do your own fighting for yourself. But put those boxing gloves away, back off, turn the other cheek, and when you do, guess who gets up out of the corner of the ring over there? The Ancient of Days gets up. He puts his boxing gloves on, and he'll come in and do your fighting for you. Praise God forevermore. And, and, and you know what I found out about him? He's so good. When he does your fighting for you, he's not out to hurt anybody. He'll try to get those people coming against you. He'll try to bless them. He'll try to get them to repent and so on and so forth. That's because that's just how he is. He's good. But I'm telling you what, if they won't repent and they keep coming after you, eventually God will deal with them. And when he gets done dealing with them, well, let me just put it to you this way. They won't bother you no more. Glory to God. And so the Spirit of God said through Jehaziel, he said, the battle's not yours, but, but it's God's. And as the massive enemy army approached, the saints began to... Now, what, look at this. As the massive army approached, the saints of God began to sing and praise the Lord. That's what you want to do when you're in a tough spot. You not only want to seek the Lord, you not only want to, want to pray, but you want to just start singing and praising God. You probably have to do it in faith. But that's what pleases God. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. It takes faith to sing when, when the devil's coming against you, you know. And just sing unto the Lord, and that's what they did. They began to sing and praise the Lord. And the Bible said that the Lord set ambushments against the enemy. You see, he showed up and he made a judgment in favor of the saints. And he set ambushments against the enemy army, and they were defeated. Glory to God forevermore. Just a few more of these. David. Have you ever heard of King David? We talked about him a moment ago when he was facing Goliath. But you know there was another time in David's life when he sinned. 
and he committed adultery with Bathsheba. And then he set up for her husband to be murdered. Think about that. He had sinned, and the Bible says the wages of sin is death. And David's sin was making war against him and prevailing against him. You study into it, that sin that he had committed had, had actually blinded him from even realizing. I mean, he knew what he had done was wrong, but, but he had become, you know, the Bible says there's a deceptiveness to sin. And this sin was warring against him. And it was actually prevailing against him. And as you study into it, David was on the road to death. He was going to die. I don't think he had very long to live. You say, but Pastor Terry, wait just a minute. He wasn't ill in his body. He wasn't sick. You need to remember he was the king and he had committed a terrible, terrible sin. Adultery. Bad. And then he had the Bathsheba. He had Uriah murdered, her husband. Think about that. Covered it up. On the road to death was going to die. Terrible thing. The devil can use sin to war against your soul, you know. You see, we talk about these other things that seem so powerful, and, you know, like with the chariots of fire and blinding of the enemy army and all of that and parting of the Red Sea and fire of God. We didn't have any of that in this particular story. But yet that sin was warring against him and prevailing. But God, the Ancient of Days, sent Nathan the prophet. One of the greatest things in the Bible that I see of, of, of God's love, when he sends somebody to you to speak a word to you, to get you back on the right direction. Oh, when he does that, don't get angry, don't get offended, don't get upset, but rather be glad that he loves you so much to correct you. And God spoke to Nathan, and Nathan the prophet came over and told David a story, a parable about the Remember the, 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 the little ewe lamb, remember that. How many remembers that? Now, I won't go into it now, but David, when he heard that story, he got angry and he said, a man that would do such a thing should be put to death. And the prophet pointed at him and said, David, you're the man. David did not get angry. David did not get 
mad. But he became broken and contrite of heart. And he repented. And God made a judgment in favor of David that day. And God had the prophet say, listen to this. He said this to David. He said, when David repented, he had the prophet say, you will live and not die. The Ancient of Days showed up and made a judgment in favor of David. Now don't misunderstand me, his sin cost him. And his household and his family were never quite right after that and had terrible problems. But God made a judgment in favor of David. You'll not die, but you'll live. Now this little baby that Bathsheba was pregnant with died. It broke David's heart. But if you read on, they went on and had other children. And one of the children they had, his name was Solomon. So God can take a miserable situation, show up, he can show up and make a judgment in favor of his saints and turn a miserable situation around into something good. Only God can do something like that. And we serve the exact same God that David served, the Father of the Lord Jesus Christ. And he's just as good today as he was back then. He's just as good to us as he was to David. And then you move into the New Testament, of course, the disciples in the storm. Jesus sent his disciples, said, get into a boat, go to the other side of the lake. Jesus departed into a mountain to pray. The boat was in the middle of the sea. Jesus was alone on the land. Jesus saw his disciples, his saints, toiling at rowing, for the wind was against them. You see, the storm was sent by the devil. The storm was making war against the saints of God and prevailing against them. And the Bible says in the fourth watch of the night. The fourth watch of the night. What is that? What significance is there? Let me teach you something about God. God is seldom ever early. He's never late. But he's always right on time. Let me teach you that about God. He's seldom ever early. He's never late, but he's always right on time. In the fourth watch of the night, the disciples are out there. They're toiling at rowing. And in the fourth watch, at the last moment, somebody comes walking on the sea. His name would be Jesus. Glory to God. The Ancient of Days himself. How many of you know Jesus is the Ancient of Days? He's the very God in the flesh. Praise God. Born of a virgin. Hallelujah. And uh, he came walking on the sea in that, in, in that late hour of the night, in the fourth watch of the night, in that very late hour, as the disciples were about to go under. 
Jesus came walking to them on the sea and he came and he made a judgment in their favor and the wind ceased and there was a great calm. I don't care what kind of a storm the devil has thrown your way. I don't care what kind of, what kind of wind is blowing in your life. I don't care how, how, how stormy the seas are and how, how rambunctious the seas are. I'm here today to tell you if you'll keep your, just keep on rowing. He, and, and notice, he told them to go to the other side. They're out there rowing. They're out there, they're out there trying to do what God told them to do. It was difficult, but they're out there rowing and the storm's coming against them and, and you just keep rowing. You just keep rowing. You just, even if it's tough, you just keep rowing. That wind of the devil may be blowing right against you and so you just keep on rowing and I'm here today to tell you the ancient of days will show up in that, in that fourth watch at that late hour, praise God, and he'll make a judgment in your favor and the wind will cease, the storm will stop. Jesus, let Jesus on your boat. If he wants on the boat, let him on the boat and the Bible says immediately realize say immediately immediately they were at the other side where they were going praise God forevermore how many of you know God is so good he can make a judgment in your favor and not only stop the storm but he can just 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 speed things up and get you where you've been trying to go for years he can get you there in a moment of time glory to God that's the kind of God we serve a miraculous God just a few more of these and then we'll close you have Peter in prison. Herod had him chained between two guards. The devil warring against Peter, likely to prevail against him and have him executed the next morning. The Bible says constant prayer was offered to God by the church for Peter's release. Let me tell you what, when the devil has you chained up and you're in trouble, you want to pray, but not only that, Find some people who know God and get them to pray for you. Praise God. And that's what happened. The Bible says constant prayer was offered for, to God, for Peter, by the church. The Bible says God heard their prayers. He made a judgment in favor of St. Peter. An angel appeared in the prison, woke Peter up, his chains fell off, and the angel led him out of the prison. Praise God forevermore. And then took Peter, Peter went over to that house where they were praying for him. And when he came over there, he knocked on the door. And nobody that was praying for him could believe that he was released, you see. How many remembers that? So you don't need uh, people that uh, are, 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 a lot of times we think we've got to get people that just know everything, you know, and know the Bible. And we ought to get people that know. Well, the point I'm trying to make is, is that, is that you don't, you don't have to get people that can quote the Bible from Genesis to Revelation to pray for you. You know, it'd be good if, I don't even know the Bible from Genesis to Revelation, do you? Could you quote it all? I mean, I can quote a lot of it. I used to take my wife out. Before we got married, we'd go out on a date, and I'd say, you want to hear me quote? And she never wanted to hear me quote. She just, she just wanted to quote Scripture, you know. What I'm trying to say is just, Find, you, we need people that know the Bible. We need to know the Bible. We ought to know the Bible in this hour. Can you say amen? Certainly, I put high priority on knowing the Bible around here. But I tell you what, you can get people that know the Bible, but they don't know God. Find you some people that know God. What am I trying to say? When, the, when Peter got over there, remember he knocked on the door and the people praying for him to be released didn't even, couldn't believe that that was him. How many remembers that? Tells me those people are just like you and me. They're just human over there praying. Is that right? How many of you have ever prayed? You believe God and prayed, believe God, and then he answered your prayer, and you couldn't believe he answered your prayer. Well, we're, we're all folks, aren't we? 
Just find you somebody that knows God and get them to pray for you. I tell you what, prayer moves God. The Bible says that prayer makes power available, you see. And the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous person avails much. So get somebody that knows God and get them to pray. And and, and it's helpful if they know the Bible. You want to pray the Bible, don't misunderstand me. Did you get what I was trying to say there? You don't have to have a Bible scholar to to have them pray for it. Just get somebody that's born again, knows God. If they know the Bible, that's great. But get somebody that has a good right heart, get them to pray, praise God. And I tell you what, if you'll do, and constant prayer is made, prayer moves God, prayer makes power available, prayer will call angels to come you see prayer will cause chains to fall out can you say amen? amen glory to God and God will show up and make a judgment in your favor and then Paul you know in pre- you getting anything out of this today I'm not I'm not boring anybody am I all right <laughs> and then Paul how many remembers when Paul was in prison Paul and Silas cast a demon out of that fortune teller you would think everybody would be happy but no they got thrown in jail and not only in jail but in the lowest part of the prison they were in a bad spot Paul and Silas and the Bible says that, the, that, the, that the, they had laid many stripes on them. Well, they beat them up, you see. And they threw them in prison, commanding the jailer to keep them securely. Having received such a charge, he put them in the inner prison, fastened their feet into the stocks. The devil was making war and prevailing against his saints, you know, against Peter. I'm sorry, against Paul and Silas. And at the midnight, realize, say at midnight. See, at midnight, Paul and Silas. Does anybody know what they were doing in there at midnight? Does anybody know? They were... They were, they were singing, praying, and singing hymns to God. That's what you want to do in that midnight hour. You want to stay in faith, keep going in the direction God told you to go, begin to pray, ask help from God. The Bible says that the ancient of days came and made a judgment in favor of Paul and Silas, and suddenly there was an earthquake. The foundation of the prisons were shaken, and immediately the doors were opened, and everyone's chains were loose. Glory to God. That's a good judgment, isn't it? And the head jailer got saved. Listen to this. The head jailer got saved and the great Philippian church was birthed. And I'm convinced that many of the prisoners, if you ever notice those, if you read the story in the book of Acts, those prisoners' chains fell off and they didn't try to escape. You know why? In my opinion, is because they were so moved by what Paul and Silas were doing that I believe they all got saved. And they, become mem- they became members and started that great Philippian church. It's so wonderful when God shows up, makes a judgment in favor of his saints. I tell you what, you can get jailers saved, you can get inmates saved, praise God forevermore, and you can get a church started. Can you say amen? I love it when God shows up and makes judgment in our favor. Praise God. So we see this again and again throughout the Bible, the devil warring against his saints, prevailing for a while. God shows up, makes a judgment, and it's a wonderful thing. But as I close this, I want to say this. This is observed in the Garden of Eden. All the way back to Genesis chapter 1, chapter 2, chapter 3, on in there. The devil made war against Eve through deception and the devil prevailed in that one and she ate of that fruit and Adam right there with her sinned as well and the devil prevailed and had a right to take their eternal spirits to hell and don't ever forget this when they sinned and they fell we fell right with them we all came down from Adam and Eve 
Don't ever forget that. We didn't come down from a monkey. We came down from Adam and Eve. I used to teach junior high. Sometimes I wondered about that. Maybe some of these did come down from monkey. No, I'm just teasing. Just kidding. You'd have to have more, it'd take more faith to believe in that evolution stuff than it does the Bible. Come on now. But when they sinned, we fell with them. But I'm so glad that just shortly after they sinned, I'm, ter I'm terribly upset that they sinned. But shortly after they sinned, the Bible says God, the Ancient of Days, came walking in the garden. He was looking for him. When you sin and miss it, I'm here today to tell you, God will come walking, looking for you, not to beat you up over the head, but to do like he did with David, point out, say, hey, you've missed it, get, repent, get back right. That's the kind of God we serve. He doesn't want to beat you over the head. He came walking in the garden. Now, God wasn't happy with what they did. But how many of you know he knew what they were going to do before they did it? And he came walking in the garden and he made judgment in their favor, in the favor of all mankind. And what he did was, is remember, they tried to clothe themselves with fig leaves, but their own works were not sufficient, so God killed some animals and brought them coats of skin. Is that right? But that's deeper than that. There was a shedding of blood to get those, those, those animal skins. Is that right? And what I see there is I see God instituting the first blood covenant right there. And he used, because you see, uh, uh, without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sin. And so what he did, and you see it all through the Old Testament, God used the blood of animals to cover people's sins. And he said, to, he said to the devil there in the Garden of Eden after man had sinned, I'll put enmity between you and the woman, between her seed, between your seed and her seed. He'll bruise your head. You'll uh, bruise his heel. And what was he doing there? Shortly after man fell, God was promising the Savior to come. Don't you see how good he is? And he made judgment right there. In the Garden of Eden, shortly after the fall of mankind, he made judgment in favor of the saints of God. And he used that blood throughout the Old Covenant, the Old Testament, until he could get Jesus into this earth, born of a virgin, as our substitute. And he went to that cross, and all the sins of mankind, from Adam and Eve on down, and anyone who would ever live on this planet, all the sins were laid upon Jesus Christ as he hung on Calvary's cross. The Bible says that Jesus made himself obedient to death. All sin, sickness, disease, everything was laid upon him. He died upon that cross. His body was laid in the tomb for three days and three nights and it looked like the devil had prevailed until the third day. And on the third day, the Bible says the Ancient of Days came and made judgment in favor of the saints and raised Jesus from the dead. Praise God forevermore. And you need to realize this, when Adam and Eve sinned, 
we fell right along with him, but when God raised Jesus from the dead, we got raised right along with him. Can you say amen to that? And you talk about a judgment in favor of the saints. The greatest judgment that has ever been made in, the, in favor of the saints of God was what God did in Jesus on Calvary's cross. Thank God for the 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 cross. Thank God for what Jesus did on that cross. On a hill far away stood an old rugged cross. Glory to God. Thank God for that cross. We all had an appointment on that cross, but Jesus came and took our place. And he shed that holy, precious blood. And he died on that cross. He was buried, and on the third day, he came out of that tomb, and he said, All power, all authority in heaven and in earth has been given unto me. And then he turned, and he gave it to his disciples, who are a representative group of you and me. I'm glad that God made that judgment in our favor. Amen? How many of you are glad he made that judgment in our favor? We ought to thank God for that every day, because you see, if he hadn't have done that, we'd all go to a devil's hell for all eternity. Absolute the truth. Absolutely the truth. How many of you know there really is a heaven and there really is a hell? There really is. There really, really is. And uh, if Jesus hadn't have done that for us, we'd all be destined to hell. But thank God he did. He went to the cross. And he was risen from the dead. Glory to God. And this is proof positive that the Ancient of Days has judged in our favor. And actually, let me say this to you. A lot of times we think that that judgment was actually made right there on Calvary's cross, but listen to this, how, it shows you how good God is. The Bible calls Jesus the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world. God had made a judgment in our favor. See, He's all-knowing. He knew we were going to mess up. So He made a favor, a judgment in our favor before He ever laid the foundation of the earth, before He ever put man in the Garden of Eden. Before you were ever born, God had the solution to our problems. That's how good He is. And all we have to do, He did all the hard stuff, all we have to do is repent, turn from the way we're going and say, Jesus, come into my heart. And in that moment of time, we receive that judgment that He's made in our favor and we become children of God. Can you say amen? amen? Stand with me if you would. Praise God. How do we do today? Is it all right that we preached a little today instead of taught? Even in my preaching that was filled with the word of God, we just didn't turn to all the scriptures. We could have. I encourage you to go look these stories up and check me out. Be sure I told you the truth on them. Bow your heads with, with me if you would. I want you to take away from this is that God may or the devil may come against you prevail for a while but the ancient of days will show up and make a judgment in your favor I don't care what you're going through here today I've made it abundantly clear stick with God stick with his word stay in faith the devil may just prevail for a while God will show up and judge in your favor. 
Now, if you're here today, now listen to me now. If you're here today and you do not know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, I've already told you that he, God's made a judgment in your favor. But as it pertains to salvation, you've got to do something. The only thing you can do, because the Bible says we're saved by grace. We're not saved by works, saved by grace. But there is one thing 